when Irving Berlin was rising to his fame. One of the songs that he wrote that did not gain quite as much notoriety as some of the others was a song entitled, The Song Is Ended, But the Melody Lingers On. And so it is that in this aftermath of Christmas, we are reluctant to forget, but prefer to linger a little longer in the afterglow, in the afterglow of Christmas. And so it should be when we pack away the ornaments and put up the things that remind us of the season. We must be very careful not to put the Christmas spirit away with them. There are so many byproducts of Christmas that are far too valuable to be put away so quickly and should be reserved for the entire year. Beginning this afternoon, really, but especially tomorrow and this week, the Christmas shopping that many of us have done so laboriously will become gleeful Christmas swapping as people go to get what they wanted in the first place. But I hope that we won't swap in the Christmas spirit. It is a beautiful and haunting melody, this Christmas song. And tonight, I want us to consider the melody that should linger in our hearts throughout the year. It is a heavenly melody with eight notes, a celestial octave. First of all, we observe the note of unbelievable love. This is God's love as expressed in Jesus Christ coming to be a man, the incarnation. Christ came to identify himself with us. He came to be one of us. God did not become a man in order to tantalize us. God did not become a man in order to contrast what we are and what we wish we could be. Rather, he came to contrast what we are and what we can be by the grace of God. It is indeed unbelievable love. His birth went almost unnoticed, but yet it was the coming of the Creator God into the realm of the creature, the coming of the one who made it all into the realm of sinful man so that he could comfort and sympathize and understand more completely what we go through and offer peace to all those who need it. Here is the note of unbelievable love, and if we will but remember that love day by day, the spirit that we associate with Christmas will not be far away. Here is the note of unfaltering faith as demonstrated by the shepherds. Those shepherds interrupted their routine. They took a risk. If the flocks were theirs, they risked great loss. If the flocks belonged to someone else, they risked their being scattered and getting into trouble or losing their jobs. And yet on faith for no other reason than the fact they had been told so by a heavenly revelation, they left their flock and went to see what God had revealed purely on faith. But it is amazing that they went to see not some glorious event, but rather a baby. And not just any baby, but a baby in a stable lying in a manger, surrounded by all the trappings of the farm. And yet they went. How often it is that babies go clearly unnoticed. In the year 1809, world-shaking events were taking place in Europe and in the United States. The face of Europe was about to be rearranged by a war. The fate of the United States was teetering in the balance and ultimately led to the War of 1812. But unnoticed, 
1809, while all of the great battles were being fought and the international politics was being carried on, there were babies being born. Abraham Lincoln was born in the backwoods of Kentucky. Alfred, Lord Tennyson, the great poet, was born in England. The composer Felix Mendelssohn was born in Europe. The great judge Oliver Wendell Holmes was born, as was the British statesman Gladstone. And in the ultimate history of that era, what was the most important thing that was done that year? Was it the battles? No. It was the babies who were born. When a wrong wants writing, when a truth wants presenting, when a continent needs opening, God sends a baby into the world that it might be accomplished. And so it was when man needed to be redeemed and the race needed to be reclaimed for the Father, a baby was sent. And Jesus was born at Bethlehem. Here is the note of unfaltering faith. Here is the note of unashamed worship demonstrated by the wise men, mighty men, esteemed and learned men, coming and bowing in deep humility before that baby in the stable. The story is told how a group of noblemen in the last century were gathered in London awaiting the king of England, and though they were all his friends, out of respect when the king of England entered the room, they all stood to their feet. The king of England said, Gentlemen, gentlemen, we're all friends. Be seated. After all, you know I'm not the Lord. One of his friends whispered to him, No, sire, you are not the Lord, for if you had been the Lord, we would not have risen to our feet. We would have fallen on our knees. Now, I believe the most beautiful thing about that Christmas story is not the faith of the lowly shepherds. It is not even the singing of the angelic host, but it is the fact that when those men, wise men, mighty men from across the world had found the baby Jesus, unashamed they fell on their knees to worship him. And then there is the note of unselfish service as it should be instilled in our hearts by the Christmas spirit. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the kindly smile, the cheery greeting, the warm spirit engendered by the Christmas season would linger on and on throughout the entire year? What a different world we would have. How many broken hearts would be healed and how much suffering would be alleviated if only we could remember that Christ is a reality all of the year and that love and goodwill and service to others should be a reality too. What a changed atmosphere we would live in if the note of unselfish service lingered in our hearts. And then notice here is the note of unending meditation. I am sure that what happened around that Christmas day must have been mind-boggling to Mary and to Joseph. But in Luke 2:19, the record of the scriptures is this that Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered them in the days that followed. Meditation has been compared to the chewing of the cud as a cow would do it. It is the regurgitation and the rehashing of everything that God has done. 
You remember the song, it says, I love to tell the story for those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And surely all of the things about Jesus don't grow old to us. If you really love him, you love to hear about it. And the simple message of salvation thrills the heart of an aged Christian as well as it does that of a new convert. The note of unending meditation. Mary pondered all these things in her heart. And truly, Christmas can provide us ample material for meditation day by day. There is the love of God, His selfless sacrifice, His sinless life, His power, the mighty salvation that He has given us. And if you would be like God, then think about God. The Scriptures could have said it, but it was not the Scripture. It was Emerson who said, A man is what he thinks about all day long. And you know, we sell ourselves a bill of goods. Often we believe that we can hide and cherish that secret thing that's not so lovely. We can feed that pet desire even if we don't do it. And we can just turn it over in our heads and enjoy some kind of unfulfilled fulfillment about our sin or our evil desire. But hear the scriptures as they say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The inner life and the outer life will one day match up. One day what is within must come out. And so if you would be a fulfilled Christian, if you would live the Christian life, then meditate, think every day about Jesus and spend time with him. For you will become like the focus of your emotion. And you will not be the first exception to the rule. For if you feed that unholy thing that lurks within your soul, one day it will break forth to shame you before the world. Let us listen to the lingering note of unending meditation. Then there is the note of unfailing truth as presented by the angelic preacher and the heavenly choir. That note of unfailing truth was one that was unreasonable. It did not immediately come to pass. The full impact of that message has not yet been realized by our world, but it is prophecy, and prophecy is history that God has seen before it happens, and it is just as unchangeable as the events of past history. And so we know there is a note of unfailing truth that there will be peace on earth when it comes on the terms of the Prince of Peace. And that there will be goodwill to men when Christ comes to establish his kingdom. A British artist named Burne Jones has painted a picture entitled The Star of Bethlehem that captures, if not the physical reality, the meaning of Christmas. In his picture, as you looked out beyond the stable, there was the bleakness of a winter night. But around that stable where Mary and Joseph and the baby were, all was springtime. What a picture 
of the unfailing truth that even in the midst of the bleakness and the darkness of this earth, where Jesus is, there is springtime and joy and life and peace. And then there is the note of unchanging intention. I suppose it is the most natural of all reaction when God touches our hearts that we want to respond to Him. When God does something for us, we want to repay Him. We want to do something back for Him. And that is a noble and a godly intention. But we must put it in the perspective of the Scriptures to realize that the gift He desires from us is the gift of ourselves. Not the gift of what we can do or what we have. Not the performing of religious ritual, but the giving into His hands of our lives. For there's one way from the darkness of sin into the glorious light of salvation. And it is because of the death of Jesus Christ. Here is the note of unchanging intention. And at this season, let us resolve anew to give ourselves into His hands so that we might become so accustomed to Him. It would only be with great pain that we could turn our hearts away from Him to lower unholy things. When Michelangelo was painting probably the most monumental accomplishment of any artist in any age, that great roof of the Sistine Chapel with all of the panels that depict the creation of man, it was said that for days and days on end, Michelangelo would refuse to come down from the scaffolding. In the heat of inspiration, he would continue to paint. And laying on that scaffolding with his head, leaned back as far as it would go. It was said that when Michelangelo finished the painting and descended to the earth again, he could only with great pain look down toward the ground. Oh, that we might become so used to looking at Christ that it would be only with great pain to our souls that we could focus our lives on anything less than Him. Let us listen to the note of unchanging intention. The test of the Christmas season is not how you are feeling in December, but it's how you are living in February. The note of unchanging intention, let us Live it well. And then the eighth note in this celestial octave is the note of undying consecration. As we bow before Him, remembering all that He has done for us. Oh, that we might go before the world with the zeal of a warrior, loving serving others and loving their souls more than we love life itself. A celestial octave, the melody of Christmas that needs to linger in our hearts in the days ahead. There is the note of unbelievable love that God has given himself to us and for us in Jesus Christ. There is the note of unfaltering faith that even when we don't understand and it doesn't seem reasonable, we follow after him. There is the note of unashamed worship that it might be the most natural of all things to us to worship Him wherever we may be.
the note of unselfish service, the note of unending meditation, of unfailing truth, and of unchanging intention, which culminates in an undying consecration to the Lordship of Christ. This melody lingering in our hearts in the days ahead will bless us, it will strengthen us, it will enrich our lives and guide us through the coming year. It will linger if we will stay close to the Master, do His blessed will, magnify His efforts in our world, and major on helping others in His name. We cannot allow in our experience day by day for the Son of God to be born one day and to pass out of existence the next. Rather, the day of Christmas may be past, but the tender melody of His Spirit through us needs to touch our world this year. May we pray. Father, I thank You for the fact that we don't have to wait for a few choice days a year to feel good and to think good thoughts and to enjoy the spirit of love which Christmas is. But I pray that though the song may be ended, the melody may linger and we may keep a high and holy resolve to follow Him every day. Open our hearts in response to Your will. Bless us as we answer you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We sing for our hymn of invitation, hymn 347, I Surrender All. I don't know your heart. I don't know your need. But at this season of the year especially, shall we not honor Christ with all that we are and all that we have? What he would have you do, do it right now, quickly, publicly as he demands, while we stand and as we sing.